1: Welcome to our podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. This series will focus on helping you create and facilitate the most effective staff training so we, as an industry, can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness for our staff. Uh, we have our hosts back here today. So, Gab, you want to start us off?
2: Sure, yep. Yeah. My name is uh, Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all girls camp uh, with a linguistic program, French and English, situated in northern Quebec.
3: And I'm Beth Allison. I was a camp director for many years with my husband, Travis Allison, and we were located in Muskoka in Ontario, Canada, and now we are consultants. We have a company called Camp Hacker, and my specialty is leadership training.
1: And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Summer Camp Program Director at Green River Preserve. We are an environmentally-based summer camp uh, in western North Carolina, housed on 3,400 acres of private wildlife preserve. We are all really excited about our topic today because it is teaching boring topics in innovative ways. And as we've been preparing for this, um, just kind of have been throwing out some ideas on what some boring topics are. And Gab, what, what would you classify as some uh, traditionally boring topics in the camp world? Um, I, I, think, um, I think pretty much
2: traditionally boring topics can be uh, policies and procedures, um, the camp day, um, uh, duties, talking to parents, uh, a lot of different uh, um, you know, things that are just the mundane stuff about, about camp that we have to talk to our staff for legal reasons and also just for, for team reasons. Um, but I think really at the end of the day, all of them could be boring if they're not presented well.
1: So true so true um, so let's start with you Beth what ideas do you have for um, taking some of those boring boring topics and presenting them in
3: fun innovative and creative ways Well for us um, it was always a tricky way to come up with uh, a creative design for presenting policies and procedures on an annual basis. So near the end of my camp directing career, of course, we did a lot of that online before uh, staff even arrived at training so that they could get those kinds of things out of the way. But we had to make sure that they knew what the policies and procedures were. So one of the things we have done before is to choose different board games and to make them come to life, and we're talking big board games, um, and to... Um, divide the staff in half so that they're on separate teams. And um, we have done large uh, tic-tac-toe. So uh, when a staff member answers a question correctly, they then get to go be the X or the O. Um, And I have a huge board game out in the middle of of the floor or the field or the the beach. Um, And to see if they can win at tic-tac-toe by answering questions correctly. We've also done a Connect Four, which was much trickier uh, because we had to stack tables. But thankfully, our dining hall was really high ceilings, so um, that worked really well. And we've also done battleship. So um, we did that in the water um, with a long, long piece of fabric in between the two teams, uh, canoes on either side, and um, specific members uh, sorry, specific people in the canoes. So some canoes had two people, some had four, some had one to represent those various battleships in the game. Um, And when one team got it right, um, another the other side had to um take one of their people out of the battleships until all the battleships were sunk um but that was in their bathing suits and you know in the water so it just made uh testing their knowledge of policies and procedures a lot more fun
1: cool we similarly we do uh, a big jeopardy review of the staff manual and it's open book they can bring the staff manual Mm -hmm. with them and we set it up where our teams were divided up into um there were maybe three four people in a team so there were maybe 15 teams and each team had a specific noise that that was their buzzer so the smart people (laughs) who've played this before will pick ooh, you know while other people (laughs) will be like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious um and so then we ask you know various. Things. and we set up a jeopardy board so they have lots of different categories so they can pick you know straight from the staff manual emergency procedures leave no trace um, what will get you fired that's where we typically pull that stuff into <laughs> right. um, and they have to answer in the form of a question which nine times out of ten is the reason that people get it wrong <laughs> uh, but it was it was a fun way to review the policies that they were expected to have known at that point uh, but if they didn't know they looked them up and then our final Jeopardy question this year was to simply uh, write the address to camp without looking it up, uh, which surprisingly a lot of staff did not get right. We only had about two teams that got it right. So, um, and I've heard several other camps use a Jeopardy-style game to do a review. Gab, do you guys do anything special for policies and procedures? Um, yeah,
2: the, the board game. Uh, the board game is um, is very good. Uh, one of the things that. Um, we have is also uh try to stump the leadership team member so they have to come up with questions about our policies and procedures and our leadership team have to um uh they're quizzed on it and then um and then uh our the the owner of the camp is there and she you don't you don't get points, you get points deducted, uh, from, from the leader. And so it's a, it's a fun way of shaming your super, superiors. <laughs> uh, that sounds um, great. yeah, but we of course do a, a mini session beforehand and then we do, we can do, we do that. So they look forward to it a little too much. They put a lot of thought
1: into these questions. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. Good, good. Um, This year, we ran an entire day of policies and procedures, and we called it Safety Patrol Day. Mm. Um, And so... It was, I mean, it was everything. It was the Jeopardy game. We did emergency procedures. We did fire drills. We did hand washing, lost camper drills. We had our uh, EpiPen certification that day. I mean, it was everything. And so the morning started off, this was all very secretive. The staff didn't know what was coming, but we started off the morning pretty normal. Um, And then as we were doing our breakfast announcements and whatnot, I had a staff member get up and she's giving a very serious announcement. And one of the male staff members started catcalling her and being like, woo, yeah, Laura, you were looking good today. (laughs) You know, and everybody's kind of going... What happened to Adam? What's going on <laughs> with him? And um, so he keeps going. And then all of a sudden there's whistles blowing and the admin team is running in and we're wearing lime green t-shirts that say safety patrol on the back with the nice. green logo on the front. And we arrested him and we're like, this is sexual harassment. You can't do this. You know, we're writing you a ticket. We're hauling you off. And so we had scenarios like that all day. And for the rest of the day, the administrative team all had on these safety patrol t-shirts um, and, you know, we staged one in the dining hall with a camper going into anaphylaxis. We had, um, a vehicle scenario, you know, lots of different things. Um, but just trying to, to create kind of that upbeat, like, you know, yeah, we're doing these policies and procedures, but we're going to kind of approach it in a fun way and, um, make it be something special. And at the end of the day, after the evening program, all the staff got their own safety patrol shirts because they had <laughs> survived the day. And it was so funny because they were just like, this is so great. I love this. And that was one of our staff shirts um and i think it was great because you know even on closing day you have parents taking their kids out and you know all the staff are wearing these shirts that say safety patrol on it made it very clear that that was something that's really important to us um and we had a pretty safe summer so um it was a lot of fun i have to figure out a, a way to do that again next year <laughs> be a little different i had somebody talk about the risk management robot so i think i'm gonna mm. roll with that theme i don't know nice but...
3: nice so Beth, uh, do you have another idea for us yeah um well, one year we did something called each one teach one. Um, and I use that, Uh, quite uh, often in training but um, we gave each group a certain part of the policies and procedures manual and allowed them time to come up with an entertaining interesting and interactive way to teach it to the whole group so we saw them teach things through song that they had written and they sang to us um, through skits through interpretive dance which was one of my favorites um, through artwork all kinds of different ways but it allowed them to really understand one portion of it themselves and to take ownership over that Um, and if i can just add on quickly to what you would said before ruby where you let them do it with open book um even if they haven't got the whole thing memorized and ours used to be like 150 pages so that's a lot to memorize um at least with open book they would know where to go to find it when they needed to know the question so i think that that's a great idea but each one teach one was a fun way to do it
2: cool gab what about you for policies and procedures or anything or for anything. Um, well, um, I, this was something we did, uh, for the first time last year and it was great. It was, uh, a day of camp in an hour. And, um, <laughs> so this, okay. So key for this is that the director or whoever's in charge has to run with the staff. Um, but basically the entire staff has exact same schedule and, uh, we have to run from one point to the other. And the, um, and there's somebody that's at the bell that rings it at a cer- certain time. So you're going from canoeing to rock climbing to checking on your kids to dining room, putting water and glasses to, you know, you're doing this. And I was running with a camera because I wanted to capture it, which was in retrospect, I, I wish I would have. I ended up leaving my tripod somewhere. I was like, I'm done with this tripod. And uh, we had some, we had team leaders that were like, all right, now we're supposed to go here and. So on and so forth. I had a cat that's just dumped up on my table.
3: <laughs> I wondered what that was. Yeah. So I was like, oh,
2: can I? And then I was like, no, I have to announce it because it was a little bit weird. Um, but it was, it was great. And uh, this was something that, you know, at the end of uh, staff training, we asked, what are the sessions that stood out for you the most? What did you wish you would have learned a little bit more about and that kind of stuff? Um, so a little bit of a survey, but that one stood out. And they're like, I... I kind of loathed it, but I really understood what camp was like. <laughs> so it was it was great, and then I captured it, and there was a lot of weird sweaty faces, and um, we put it up at, our, at the end of our our staff training. So I, I really like that. We're going to be doing that again next year. This that year. sounds
1: awesome. Yeah, cool. Yes, um, I think a, a really common fix for the camp tour, which, you know, here's the cabin, here's the infirmary, all that (laughs) stuff, Um, is scavenger hunts. I've seen that several different places and in different forms. Um, One of the ways that I've seen that I really liked was the scavenger hunt where you're given a photograph of Mm -hmm. like a really zoomed in something or other that you wouldn't notice otherwise. Um, and they have to go to those locations. Maybe there's something at that location. Maybe that has the next photograph or a clue, or maybe tying into a podcast we did recently. Maybe it has a piece of your mission and you have to go collect up all Mm -hmm. the pieces of the mission and put it together. Um, and this, I, I also found, um, I was on a staff one summer that was almost entirely return staff. And so the director made a, scavenger hunt that was full of things that you walk by every day but you never noticed mm-hmm. um so like what is the name of this building that we all just call the dining hall but it actually has a, a specific name like the hearthstone lodge um and so that was really cool looking for some of those things that you again you see and walk by every day but it doesn't really register with you that they're there and that they have names um I, I think that was pretty cool
2: and nice. I think I think with that, Ruby, just building on it, wouldn't it be cool? You know, we're we're always thinking about our new staff, and our, you know, we don't want our returning staff to hear the same old information. Wouldn't it be cool to do a session with some of your newer staff about camp? Uh, you know, or take a, a normal tour of camp and have your returning staff maybe have a couple of alumni come up that are older alumni mm-hmm. that have some behind the scenes um, background about, and they give your returning staff a tour. And, uh, and then take it a step further where that returning, st- those returning staff members make signs around camp and say, did you know, did you know, and you're not flooding your, your new Very staff, cool. but you have like, and you know, what, you know, what, uh, I would love to have, um, an alumni if I, you know, if I was like even today, of course, I would love to have an alumni come and say, tell me weird stories about what happened here and here, Yeah, and, you know, and, and that's going to be their tour. You know, that's, uh. That would be very um
3: that'd be very, very cool, I think. For sure. For sure. What about you, Beth? Um well it was always uh um difficult every year to come up with creative ways to do these things, but that's our job as camp people. Um so one year we decided to give our new staff an actual tour on a tour bus. And um, so they were, uh, uh, someone came into the dining hall dressed as a tour guide uh, at lunch and called out the names of these people and had them line up and then gave them costumes to dress up like tacky tourists. And we put them all on the camp bus and drove them around as much of the camp as we could. Um, the whole time acting like, you know, the funny tour guide with the microphone and all that kind of stuff. And then had them get out um, and walk certain parts where, where a bus wasn't going to go. Um, we took lots of photos of them in those very various spots like you do with <laughs> tourists and then put them on the camp, uh, Photo board later, um, and then we even had dollar store souvenirs that they could buy in the tuck shop. We gave them to them, of course, um, at the end of the tour. So that was kind of fun. Um, and another tour that we used to do um, for first-year students, so, uh, students, staff members um, who um, weren't necessarily um, new to camp, but they were new. It was their first year on staff. So what we would do is during rest hour, we would. Put them all um, in a car. So sometimes we we had to do uh, this every day, so that we would get uh, everybody taken care of. And obviously, not everybody would go each day. Um, but we took them into town and so the closest town to us is Huntsville, uh, is 20 kilometers away. And, um, we had them, uh, driven around, uh, town showing them, uh, where all the best stores were, the best places to get ice cream, where the movie theater was, um, you know, all those kind of inside things that you don't know until you've been on staff, um, how to get a taxi if that's, if you don't have a car of your own, all those kinds of things, um, and taking an opportunity in the car, um, to talk about how as a staff member you behave on your day off as a representative of camp in town and then they got an ice cream uh for the ride home so that was just a nice way to kind of let them know some of those things rather than talking about it they got to actually see where uh you know the pizza pizza was or uh that kind of stuff in town and they were back um, for the next session at the end of the hour
1: cool good stuff Um, One question I I have is, um, I know for ACA, for American Camp Association Accreditation, you have to present on what is ACA and Mm. a little bit about standards and that process. Um, That can be pretty dry. Do you guys have any suggestions for that?
2: Um, I think, I mean, our CITs do uh, a tour of, we give them a section of the best practices book from the OCA. We have two uh, associations that we follow. So the ACQ, which is Quebec Camping Association and the OCA, Ontario Camping Association. So uh, we give them sections of those books and they, they go and explore if we are actually following these standards and then they report it back to us. So for, uh, for our CITs, that's something, that's something that we do. Um and it's a very, very big eye opening um experience and we always pair them in two and and uh and then they they share like what was amazing about that experience or what was sort of eye opening about this experience. But most of the time they're just in shock and how much we prepare and how much we have to follow (laughs) some of it they think is ridiculous. They're like, you really have to have three inches between this and this. And Mm -hmm. we give them like measuring tape and all that kind of stuff for the the, the site stuff. And, but, uh, yeah, they love it.
1: That's great. Beth, have you guys ever done anything?
3: Uh, we've done the exact same thing as gab. Um, and I think that anytime you want to make something creative at camp, you need a character um you need costume you need um things for you know i mean once you put a hat on you can transform anybody into anything so when we sent people out on a risk management tour to do the same sort of thing in preparation for accreditation um we did that and uh, so they became uh you know risk management specialists and we gave them all tape measures and we did all that kind of stuff and uh, had them talk in funny accents and you know just those sorts of things anything to make it creative and interesting Um, And any, I think, uh, you know, ways that you could do it more quickly or some sort of a competition where there was, uh, you know, some friendly wager of some sort um, to get it done more quickly or, um, again, a scavenger hunt type of thing. So when they got to the canoe docks and they measured all the things we were supposed to do and made sure we had all the life jackets and paddles and all those things that the OCA for us, um, Ontario Camping Association, was looking for, um, then maybe there was a piece of a puzzle that they had to find as well. So just doing something. to to make it fun and exciting.
1: Cool. I I went to one training where the way that that was presented, and I think this was an activity actually kind of distributed by the ACA. And I've done this with other topics as well, uh, just kind of a press conference style. And uh, mm. you'll have a panel or one person yeah, who's answering the questions. Um, and the, the best part of it is like planting the questions in the audience and, and telling yeah. the those people like, uh, there's going to be a cue. I'm going to rub my ear and that's your cue just to be like, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, <laughs> right? Um, and, and it's fun because sometimes the staff will really get into it. And um, I think just makes that, A little more interesting, especially if it's something that's a little drier where you're just kind of, you're needing to just get through some information, but you can do it in a little more interesting way, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Gab, do you have any other kind of interesting, fun, creative ways you've presented some stuff? Well,
2: don't I? Uh, I have,
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think
2: we did, uh, one of my favorite things is where we divide our, our staff into about five teams, depending on how big your staff is. You want about eight people. this is for first aid and throughout um camp we have first aid scenarios and so they're and and we give them bandanas and so they all have different colors and so one group will be the injured group and they get a card and they find out when their day is and when the scenario is and we also tell you know today is a team blue so whenever there is a situation um you're in charge of taking care of it but we always announce so if team red is the you know i'm injured They'll say, I'm in a scenario, and then they'll start. Because um, when we didn't do that once, that was a problem, and it was a real <laughs> chaos. And that was a lesson learned. Thanks, guys. So um, <laughs> I'm in a scenario was a very important part because we wanted it to be spontaneous throughout the day, and then we evaluate it. Um, but as you know, like when you're part of the scenario and when you do first aid, things things stick in. And, and uh, what we did was not just once, but we did it twice for each team. And that was really, really important. The second time wasn't big um, first aid stuff. It was actually a lot more subtler things that we really want staff to pay attention to. Bug bites, sunscreen, um, brushing their hair. Uh, you know like they they had to sort of dig to figure out what was going on things that we really want them to pay attention to on camp care. So the first part was more like first aid, the second part was camp care um, and uh, it, they took it really seriously and it was a lot of fun and it broke up sessions too for uh, you know sitting around they always had a moment where they would stand up and get going and everybody else had to uh, watch and observe and express what they saw.
1: That's great. I love yeah. that. Bethany, have you guys done anything with first aid and scenarios?
3: Yes, um, absolutely. Um, And one of my favorite ones um, was we involved our local firefighters and um, our paramedics. So for many camps, they're out in cottage country and um, you often have volunteer fire departments and that sort of thing if you're not close to a big city and so they were really excited to get involved so they came out um, and helped us run scenarios and um, so we did all the kinds of things that Gab was talking about but at the end of the first aid session the staff got to play with the equipment so they got to you know try the hoses out and wear all the equipment and they had relay races with all the gear on and they got to sound the siren over and over and over again, um, in the fire trucks. Now I will tell you that we learned the hard way. And so if we ever brought the fire trucks again for that purpose or for camp, you know, for peewee campers to, to get to know uh, local heroes, we, uh, sent an email out to the cottagers association to let them know that that would be happening because we didn't do it the first time. Um, and people were very worried that the siren kept going off at our camp, um, because we were on echo Lake, so everybody could hear everything. So, um, anyway, but it was really fun to involve them and they got right into it and, um, you know, really did their part, um, and played up, you know, scenarios were awesome with firefighters. So, um, it, it was really great to involve them and they were really happy to come and do that sort of thing. And then, of course we gave them thing. all camp t-shirts. So they really yeah. like that too.
2: Yeah, we did the same thing and it's, it's awesome. It's great. Um, they, the fire fighting department, I, they've always come being really happy teaching our staff mm-hmm. and our staff get to, you know, um, use fire extinguishers, which many of them right. have never used before. And, mm-hmm. uh, no, it's wonderful. It's, I really, that's something I think that if you can do it, it's a great idea.
1: Mm -hmm. We did this past summer, we did an entire crisis drill, and there were three crises that happened. Um, So at breakfast that day, everybody got an envelope and it had their name on it, and it said... Uh, or I told them at breakfast, do not open this envelope until you hear the emergency signal ring. Um, And so that happened some point later on in the afternoon, we were kind of divided up into various trainings. Um, And it was, like I said, it was threefold. So the first crisis that we had was we had a a bus crash, uh, was what we were simulating. And that was really just um, not that any of the staff knew about it. That one was really just for the admin team. So we're working through like, this is how we would mobilize people. This is who would make the phone call just to make sure we had that uh, all good to go. And then during that, we decided to, we needed some of those staff to help us with the recovery. So we rang the bell to signal for everybody to convene together at the dining hall. So that was their cue. They open up their envelopes and see what they are. Um, so it would say their name and it would say, you know, Johnny, you are a camper, you were at archery, you need to find your counselor, uh, Joe, right? And so when they convene into the dining hall, the counselors all have this list of kids that they're supposed to find, and the kids have the counselors are supposed to find. Well, naturally, there was one camper missing because that's what happens. And <laughs> right. um, I told him ahead of time, like, when you hear the bell, go hide in the woods, and he did. And he didn't tell me where he was either. Um, <laughs> and so then that. We, you know, played with the process of how long does it take us to figure out that we're missing a camper. Um, I had one camp, I had one staff member who role played as a camper who was in the infirmary, which, you know, that's a really common thing that happens. Everybody convenes together, but maybe they didn't think to check in the infirmary for that camper that was lost, um, So we did that. And so as part of our lost camper drill, right, we have some of the staff stay with the rest of the campers and lead games, which they did. And some of them went off to, to help with the search. And, um, so that went on for a little bit as they were looking for our lost camper. And then there came a point when we signaled to one of the admin team who was kind of running and observing the, um, the chaos, if you will. And, um, He signaled and got everybody together and said, okay, now you guys, thank you for role-playing as campers. You're all going to role-play as staff now and help with this lost camper situation that we have. And as soon as he did that, one of my staff members dropped down with a cardiac arrest. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let me tell you. And apparently, (laughs) I wasn't in there to see it, but apparently it was just like deafening silence. Everybody was just standing there going what do we do? <laughs> and, um, we had a phenomenal debrief after this, just talking about that moment of something happens and you're going, do you go, do I go like, what do we do? You know? Great. Great. Um, and, and it was the thing that I think my staff came away from training. They told me like, I feel so much more prepared to deal with the situation just because we've kind of gone through this. Um, took a lot of work to set up on the front end, but
3: it, it was a lot of fun too. So <laughs>
1: other ideas. Beth, do you have another idea you want to share?
3: Um, well, as if you don't know yet, you'll know later that I'm really big on acronyms and we created something called burps, um, which took place right after meals. And so a burp is a blurb for understanding responsibilities perfectly. And so, um, after each meal, there would be a burp, sometimes two, but usually we we could keep it to one. And this was a great way to teach all of those little nitpicky things that everybody has to know, but you just don't know how to sort of teach them creatively. So it was, you know, everything back in the day to how to use the payphone, which isn't an issue anymore, um, to how to do laundry. Um, you know, how you keep your staff lounge, um, how you sign out on days off, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and burps, always were delivered by characters... Um, They were, um, you know, characters often were reoccurring through the week. Uh, We always felt that if you have a theme every week for your kids, you have to have a theme of the week for training as well. So those characters would sometimes create those burps, and they would come out in a nice, funny, uh, creative way um, and explain all those little kind of things, um, how to do duties, for example, Um, you know, how to clean the washrooms properly, how to do dish, all that kind of stuff. And they were all done in burps. After a meal. And one year, uh, Travis had them all uh, put into groups and they had to create a duty ditty. And so they had to come up with a song that explained how to do a duty. Um, and so those are still sometimes used. Um, I don't hear them so much anymore, but they were pretty big for a couple of years. Um, but burps are a big thing for us.
2: Love that. That's great.
1: How about you, Gab? Anything?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I, it sort of leads into what I was going to to say. Um, and so, I knew
3: that it would.
2: Yeah, of course <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, uh, but I got uh, sidetracked with duty, diddy, and I was like, "We are, it's on. We are so doing this."
3: <laughs> Sometimes it's really um, hard to rhyme toilet, so you have to be careful.
2: Yes, got <laughs>
3: In your duty diddies. Yes.
2: Um, so okay, so uh, with, uh, one of the things that I I um, I like to do is uh, every year we divide our, our um, camp staff again into into teams. It's not the same as the um, first aid teams; they're different teams, and they're responsible for two things: uh, meal crew and uh, review crew. So, review crew is um, mm. where they they're assigned to a session, and at the end of the day or the next day, depending if it's a, the sessions later in the day. They review that session in a form of a skit, and there's, it's fairly structured, meaning that we only allow them for three minutes. Um, they have to highlight the, you know, a, five points. Um, staff need to know what they need, uh, what to do with this information, like why is this information important to me? So we structure it out, but the same framework work, works for all of them. Um, and for the, the, um, the meal crew, They do a similar thing as the burps, but it's just, did you know? So they're in, they're in costume. They, they come up with a a fun way of dividing up the staff and, um, you know, seating them at the different tables. They come up with a fun way of, um, presenting these, did you knows like, um, Uh, We have something called the Laurentian leak, which means basically there's a lot of minerals in our water, which means you're going to pee a lot more. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you. Uh, (laughs) So you're like, why am I peeing so much? It's like, it's a Laurentian leak. So the did you knows, uh, but they have to say it in in sort of a a fun way. We realize that the meal crews don't work very well at breakfast. So uh, we've limited it to lunch and dinner, which is nice because breakfasts are all sort of coming in a little bit of a, a somber way. But one thing that we've added is a feedback friend, and the feedback friend is a leadership team member who provides them with the feedback on their um, on their uh, meal crew duty and as well as on their um, their um, review crew, and that's been really really helpful because you can see also a, a shift if they didn't do so well um, at the meal time, you'll see that it's a lot better. Uh, the set, it helps with the quality basically. So the feedback friend is really really helpful and they start to get used to getting feedback from leadership team members so um i like it and i want i've talked to traps about recording it and sometimes it's just not possible to record it but i wish i had almost a full camera crew to record some of the review (laughs) crews because they're really really good yeah
3: yeah excellent
1: um I know paperwork is something that can be a big struggle. Do you guys have any good tips for what to do to teach all the forms and paperwork that's required?
3: We've done a couple of things with paperwork. And um, the first was uh, it happened after rest hour. So everybody had left the lodge area and they were all in in their cabins or hanging out. So we had um, turned the dining hall into a boardroom and, um, had put nameplates at every spot. Uh, everybody had a glass of water and a pen and they were to- uh, told when they arrived, um, in center camp after rest hour to dress in business attire. Travis and I came in fully decked out in suits and ties with briefcases, glasses on, didn't wear glasses. Um, you know, and we held the whole thing like a, a business meeting and, um, we had coffee and donuts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we went through all of of the forms, making sure we had everything filled in from health forms, parental forms for uh, staff under 18, uh, TD ones, which we have to fill in here in Ontario for, in order for them to get paid, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, another paperwork meeting that we did, uh, once we dressed as characters from the matrix and, uh, during rest hour, I actually shaved Travis's head. And he put on a long black leather coat and came in as Morpheus. And we talked in in Matrix language about the blue pill or the red pill and bending the spoon um, and all those kinds of things. So it just took the edge off of, you know, you have to get the paperwork done, but this was just a way to do it in character. Cool. And they were quite stunned that they'd seen him in a full head of hair at lunch and then he was <laughs> completely bald an hour later. <laughs> but it wasn't the he shaved his head a lot at camp so for various characters but Nice.
1: What about you Gav? Have you ever done anything interesting with paperwork?
2: Um, One of our staff members is very, very funny. Beth has met her. Her name's Emily Trudeau. And um, she actually works in our office now. Yeah, she's great. She's won awards for, like, improv and stuff like that. She's amazing. Um, She she dresses up as a really, really angry Dutch woman and throws paper (laughs) and has a big sort of um, bulletin board. And she yells, no, no, yes, no. And she does this huge, like, thing. And she's like... Points to me and says, "You will not deal with her. You will not deal with her. You will deal with me." <laughs> She'll do this whole thing. Um, I guess the only thing I can really—the thing that I think is the most—is—is is very important—is having examples of what you're expecting and and how to do it, and that there's support if you don't know how mm-hmm. how if you can't Absolutely. do it. I was somebody that was really not good at paperwork, but I I stayed up late trying, and it was it's kind of pointless. It was taking way too much time, and, and it was kind of like if I just sat beside somebody and dictated it then they could write it down so their support and um, but telling them how it can be done and their expectations you have the opposite side where people spend way too much time because they're perfectionists Um, um, but uh, we just color code our sheets Um, that has become very very helpful and uh, regular regular on this day this is when this form is due on this day and just keep that always uh, regular on on days, so it's not like oh it's this Tuesday, and then the next time it's going to be on a Thursday in the afternoon, and and all the paperwork goes to one spot. When you're done, it goes into this one box, and somebody sorts it. It's not like then you give it to, hand it to this person. So I think it's just being really clear with it, and of course yeah. having somebody kind of funny or doing a boardroom thing or you know dressing up as people from Matrix is like that just gets your attention, and it yeah. mo- like it Solid. makes it's very good role modeling on how you can make something. Boring, it's something awesome, and your staff will do it for the summer. So, yeah.
3: Those are excellent points, Kev.
1: Love it. Love it. Excellent. Um, Another one that I've seen in several staff trainings is the age group characteristics, you know, talking about six year olds versus eight year olds versus 10 year olds. Um, I know this year, we took kind of a straightforward approach to it, but, um, I divided up my staff into different groups, like the four kind of main age groups, and then, um, gave them a couple resources about each of those age groups and assigned them to put on a skit, um, displaying the characteristics of those, um, of that age group to teach that group, teach that age group, a skill. Um, and they were assigned that skill. So how to sweep or how to set the table, um, and to show how to discipline that age group as well. so they, they were charged with, you need to find a fun, creative way to present that. Um, and so then we all came back together and presented skits and then shared a little bit after each age group kind of sharing, you know, this is something I've seen. This was spot on. Um, here's some other things you might see. And, and I think that worked pretty well. Um, but I'm certainly looking for other ideas on that. So
3: what all do you all have? So one year I intentionally intentionally uh, paired staff members together. So new people were meeting, returning staff members and so on. And I told them, congratulations, you are parents and you have just given birth to a, and I let them decide whether it was a boy or a girl. And they got to choose one of the four age groups that you were talking about there, Ruby. And then I gave them half an hour to create this child. So I gave them really big sheets of newsprint. Um, and they create, they drew their child. They got to put you know, whatever clothes they wanted on and have whatever style they wanted. They had to name the child. Um, and they had to tell us lots about the child, what he or she liked, disliked, how they behaved, um, what sorts of things they were into, all those kinds of things. So it, the exercise was twofold because we got to talk about age group. Characteristics and how seven-year-olds like certain things and are concrete thinkers, etc. whereas 11-year-olds are starting to question authority and yada, yada. Um, but it also then um, led, once we had sort of debriefed all of that, and it was amazing to watch these people do this, by the way. Like, the names they came up with were um, hilarious. And they so loved this piece of paper child, um, you know, and they could tell, because they had to present to the group and tell us all about their child Um, and then we got moved it into dealing with parents and we talked about the fact that if you are this attached after half an hour with a piece of paper how important is a real child to his or her parents and therefore what would their expectations be in terms of your care Um, so it was kind of a fun thing to do but they really enjoyed it and they got right into it so it was a nice way to just do it a little differently
1: Oh. Gab, do you have one? Well, I,
2: I have a similar activity that links to the importance of uh, caring for children and, and what it's like for a parent to drop off their their uh, child. Um, but we ask all the staff members to bring something precious mm. um, in the evening to the lodge that's precious to them. And if they don't feel comfortable bringing something that, that they have that's on them, um, they can like, you know, bring a representation of that something. So maybe your grandmother's locket, you want to keep it under your pillow or maybe it's at home, but you can bring something that represents it. And then we pair also a certain staff members that, that we choose together and they walk around camp serve sort of arm and arm length the whole time. And they talk about their item and why it's so important, oh, why it's nice. so special to them. And so that's a really nice team building way. It's really nice um, getting to know each other um, thing and it, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a beautiful activity and they also get to walk around camp and we sort of just let, tell them, let your feet take you, uh, you know, where your feet want to take you. So if you want to get off path and if you want to, then that's, but the only thing that we ask them to do is keep moving. Um, then we ring a bell and we have uh, candles in the lodge and it's all set up in a nice way. And, um, and then we talk about, all right, if you're comfortable, um, feel free to hand over and exchange your item with the person that you were just talking to. Now, uh, some staff do it and st- some staff are like, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. And so then we just talk about those feelings. Even the ones that hand it over, they're kind of reluctant. Or they're, they're, or they're totally trusting. You know what? Because I had this opportunity to talk to you, I feel like you can you can take care of my object for a little bit. Some of them were like, I don't know. You. Like, I know you, but this. And then we talk about um, what parents are feeling. Mm. And, and so we link that to, to what, so what, what do we do to make our parents trust us in that in some of them, it's, it's, it's literally 20 seconds. You shake their hand, you help with the luggage and the parents are gone. So what do we do? What are some of the things that creates distrust? Where are some of the things that create trust? Um, but at, of course, at the same time, we're building, um, we're building friendships and we're building a uh, team, uh, team trust in itself. So.
3: That's outstanding. outstanding. I love that idea. And we
2: don't do it every yeah. year. That's the other key. It's not to. You can't do it every year. Maybe every three right. years works well. Yeah. Because well, they all go. Oh, awesome. I know what this is about.
3: You have to wait I for know, the turnover. Were,
2: I'm glad you know, because if you don't remember, that's uh, saying <laughs> something. I'm glad you That's a great. That.
1: Yeah. That's a great exercise. I, I will definitely cool. use that this year. So it's, <laughs>
2: it's wonderful. Um, it's really lovely.
1: Cool. That one actually made me think of, uh, one that I did my first summer at Green River. That was a part of, um, it was led by an outside facilitator and you know how there's, there's this temptation to have at least that, that 20 minutes set aside or 30 minutes for everybody to go around and say their name. Mm -hmm. And so you at least kind of get to put a name with a face. And so we had the assignment to, we had, I don't know, a few minutes to go back to our, our residents and bring something back to market ourselves so that, um, there's no way anybody would ever forget who you are based on this object or this thing or this presentation that you give. Um, and and it, it was really good. It was everything like, I'm Ruby and I can solve a Rubik's Cube, so I brought that in. Um, I remember one guy, he stacked rocks, and I will ever think of evan as stacking rocks um we had the girl whose name was jen and she wrote g-i-n on a piece of paper and said this is the only appropriate alcohol reference i will make all summer (laughs) you know um and one girl who had a really flat head she put a water bottle on her head but i will never forget that she's caroline and she has a flat head so it's just a little thing and it went pretty quick but it was a lot of fun because you saw talents you saw neat things you saw creativity um and it was very effective for learning those names pretty quickly
3: nice That's great. Um, My idea is not so much about that. Um, Mine uh, is about doing scenarios creatively. So, for kind of letting uh, campers, or sorry, counselors deal with scenarios that might happen with campers um, in a safe way and um, sort of getting rid of all of those, you know, what do you do uh, when you wake up and you smell pee in your cabin because somebody's peed their bed or something like that. Um, And so, we came up with something called Good Idea, Bad Idea. And I stole the title from the Animaniacs cartoon um, years ago. And, um, so the resource staff would always, uh, get together and we prepared quite, uh, far in advance for this because they were pretty well done and we would always present the bad idea first. So this is how not to handle, um, what you, you know, when you wake up and find that somebody has peed their bed. Um, and then we would invite the counselors to come in and get up and try the good idea. But the scenarios got so funny that, um, you know, people just kept asking when is good idea bad? idea. When do we get to hear that? Because they, it would just be, uh, you know, so amusing and such a great way to do things. And some of them were so stellar that staff 10 years later, still talk about that time, you know, that Travis did something particular in a good idea, bad idea scenario. So, um, just a fun way, um, and trying to keep it far more amusing than really, um, not appropriate when you're, um, presenting the bad idea, but it's a good way to kind of relieve tension too, when you're dealing with some sometimes difficult topics.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, I think, like you said, like you want to keep it sort of appropriate, not let it go too 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 yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and you, it's all about just telling them that. Um, I I heard somebody told me once that if you present bad ideas, then when the scenario actually happens, they're only going to think about the bad idea. And I think that person is crazy. Um, I think that you rem- you when you paint what you shouldn't be doing, sometimes there's a little bit of truth to that. Right. And you're like, exactly. oh. And um, I really shouldn't be doing that. That's not accepted here. And and that this is how this is. Even though we're laughing at it, so mm-hmm. to whoever says that, I for me it works really really well. Um, <laughs> so there. Um, but uh, we do we do uh, good day, bad day, uh, and great day. And that's a personal reflection piece, which is what do I look like on a good day? What do I look like on a great day? And what do I look like on a bad day? And it's about your. You know, it's about how you are around your teammates and how you are in front of your campers on um, on bad days. Basically, is what it comes down to. And what do you need to do so we can move into the good day? Sometimes you'll have great days. Sometimes you'll have good days. And yes, sometimes you'll have bad days. But it's about being aware of it. It's about being. It's about letting your teammates know. I shut down on when I'm not feeling good. I, you know. What do you need? A, a five-minute walk. So it's getting them to problem-solve a little bit uh, ahead of time. It's also telling them that we all have our, our bad days, but we have to take responsibilities about it. It's not about pushing it down and creating a fake smile. Right. It's about being aware of it and saying, like, I need a little bit of assistance. I'm not doing so well. So sort of similar uh, of the terminology. Um, yes. It was a good segue. I think it's good. It's excellent guys. Any? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think we have time for one more each. So Beth, you have one more good innovative way to teach a boring topic.
3: Well, this is the way to get, uh, senior staff members who are teaching sessions, not to teach topics boringly. Um, so, um, for us, it always, not always, some sessions it's not appropriate to have a character, but, um, having characters, having costumes, having music, all those kinds of things. So we would give a sheet out to our senior staff members who were in charge of leading particular sessions at training. Um, and we would ask questions and they would have to fill the sheets in and hand them into us and we would go over them before training began. So it would be, uh, things like my creative session name is because the session on the, um, schedule was never, um, you know, first aid skills. It was something creative. Um, And so half the fun was staff trying to figure out what the session was they were about to go to. Uh, My musical selection is, if it was appropriate, my costume will be, what I am doing to make it memorable, how I am using the wisdom and knowledge of returning staff, what are the supplies that I need, Here are my handouts, all those kinds of things to really get them thinking in terms of creativity, um, and ways that they can involve other people, um, and really get them, um, understanding that we as camp people, uh, we're a creative crew and, uh, we talk about kids using their imaginations and we want kids to step out of the box and try all these new things. So that means that, that we need to do that, um, ourselves when we're running training.
1: Nice. Nice. What about you,
2: Gab? Um, serve in a little bit of guidelines for our staff that are, are doing staff training. Um, we they have to fill out these four things, which is basically why why are you teaching this? Uh, what are you teaching? So just in a couple of bullet points: why why will staff care, and how will you make sure it sticks in their brain? Um, so that's a takes a little bit of work when you when you're trying to figure out you know how to talk about home lonely campers, uh, what are the specific keys to that? And then the other sort of guidelines that we have are, um, you can't speak more than 15 minutes at a time. Um, you need to use visual, um, Mm -hmm. cues. You need two ways that it's going to be absorbed. Um, can't just be visual and it can't just be, um, you know, verbal. And, uh, one, one thing that we have is we never ask, does anybody have any questions? Sort of, sets up for a fall so we say please write your questions down or come up with one thing you wish you would have known more about in the session
1: cool good stuff yeah we've also done the um piece of paper marker board something that is the question board uh this year we had a question box and it's just anything everything don't be shy about asking um i had a director once that would it was every day at lunch like he had cheesy little music that came on and (laughs) he would come out with the microphone like a game show host and you know what's your question and would answer a couple here or there um and you know worst case scenario you sneak in at certain points when nobody else is in the lodge and write some questions up there if nobody has to get the ball rolling but um it it is so important to encourage our staff to to ask questions when they don't know the answer because that's going to be the case throughout the whole summer so i think that's really key well they i know i have a lot more tools i'm excited about working on staff training that much more now (laughs) yay (laughs) um so gab do you think you can provide us with a recap of some of the stuff that we've talked about today
2: Absolutely, Ruby. Um, I'm going to start with burps. Um, so uh, burps, listen to the podcast. We'll tell you more about it. Uh, large board <laughs> games, um, uh, safety, uh, spontaneous um, um, activities that happen around camp, um, each one teach one, camp day in an hour, um, a zoomed-in scavenger hunt, um fun facts about your tour tour camp a touring camp tour bus um oh press con- conference which i love team scenarios um involve firefighters they are always a good time <laughs> 15 minute lectures no <laughs> more uh this is an adult only podcast skit uh, skits on how to teach um create a child uh, scenarios. You always wear hats and fun costumes. If you want to get people's attention or almost always, and make sure you know what you want your staff to get, uh, at the end of your session. Mm -hmm. That's our recap for this podcast.
1: Excellent. Thanks so much. Uh, so, we want to encourage all of our listeners to get involved and join us on the hashtag CampHackerTrain. So, please tell us via Twitter, Facebook, however it might be, what topics you would like for us to discuss, um, any guests that you'd recommend that uh, we have on the show, any uh, good leadership training tips that you want to share, things that innovative ways that you have done boring topics, um, or anything at all that you think is, is an innovative way to lead that leadership training. We just love to hear from you. Because um, we are so lucky to work in an industry that is all about sharing. Um, and I just want to go around wh- real quick and have each of us uh, share how you can get in touch with us. So, Beth, do you want to start us off?
3: Absolutely. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at, at Camp ha- camp Hacker. Um, you can email me at Beth at WalkingMaverick.com or you can find us at CampHacker.tv.
2: Cool. Um, you can get in touch with me, Gabrielle, at <laughs> On Twitter at Gabrielle Rail, or you can check out where I work at waro.com.
1: And I am reachable via email, especially this time of year, ruby, R-U-B-Y at greenriverpreserve.org. Follow my adventures on Twitter, Lynn 85 And Beth, I can't wait for you to share. What are we (laughs) doing on our next podcast?
3: Our next podcast will be how you can continue to train and develop your staff the other 10 months of the year. So training beyond training. And before we continue any further, I just want to uh, give a shout out to ATN Cobalt Lefebvre, who is editing our podcast. He is a camp alumnus who still understands the importance of camping. And so we thank him very much for his time in doing this. Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership trainings. And we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or most effective tips. And you can tell us what they are using hashtag camp But Ruby, why don't you share with us this podcast's best practice?
1: Sure. And I think this is actually one that I got from a uh, Camp Hacker podcast a while ago, and it stuck with me. Um, The idea of providing additional training sessions um, outside of your required scheduled things. So for instance, this summer, we did some morning archery sessions, morning climbing, um, offering morning yoga, and that wasn't even necessarily just training. It was just an opportunity for the staff to recreate with one another um, and to get more skills and more practice, especially in some of those activities that the the staff are going to gravitate towards wanting to do and maybe wanting to do in place of the campers doing them throughout the summer. So I think it's a really great idea to find opportunities to offer those those times for your staff, whether it's during staff training or maybe even throughout the summer, uh, I know I always have staff that are flocking to the pottery studio, and I'm having to mm-hmm. chase them out of there. To, <laughs> so to set up some organized times that our pottery teacher comes in and gives a pottery class, maybe during a rest hour or um, after the campers have gone to bed, when one camper when one staff member can leave the cabin, um, is is a great way to provide some recreation, some fun, um, and um, um, continual development of skills for your staff. So that's this month's best practice. And thank you so much for listening. And once again, please join us on the hashtag CampHackerTrain.
0: Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends.
3: Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.